A Mitch and Jeremy exclusive. Are you ready? On air. Online. You ready to have a good time? On your smart speaker and wherever you stream. The Mitch LaFon and Jeremy White Show. The Mitch LaFon and Jeremy White Show. Tuesdays at noon. Available wherever you stream. Catch up on past interviews and episodes. On demand now. Subscribe so you don't miss any of it. <laughs> they said, oh, it's going to... It's going to be three different uh, IP addresses, and they're all going to be in separate rooms, but look at that. So uh, yeah. they got their own three-way going over there. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Made it work. <laughs> now, 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 just uh, let's be honest. Uh, you're on your fourth drummer. Do we even need him here? I mean, he's going to be replaced soon, right? <laughs> so it's always the drummer. I'm, I'm kidding, Max. I, I love you. Thank you for tweeting to me yesterday. It was, it was of course. It was delightful. It was, it was delightful. Hello before we we met via Zoom. So well, there you go. Yes, right. We 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 got to know each other. I feel uh, engaged now. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. We're in. We're in on this. Well, listen, let's get right into it. Uh, Kicking off their Welcome to Elsewhere tour. Uh, January 13th, the Belasco Theater in L.A. hitting uh, Phoenix, Houston, Atlanta. Going to be performing at the House of Blues in Orlando. Also, Irving Plaza in New York City. Going to be rapping at the Berkeley in uh, Berkeley, California, the UC Theater on February 12th. Tickets go on sale this Friday. Ticketmaster.com or wherever you get tickets at this point. I mean, uh, you want to scalp them? <laughs> you want the band to put you on the guest list? I mean, yeah. You know, get tickets. Uh, welcome to the show. Set it off. There they are, everybody. Hey, how you doing? Good. What's happening? Good. Pleasure to meet you guys. Nice First to meet all, you too. Thank you for having us on. I just want to start with Max for a second because I was checking out your Instagram and you know you, you post photos of you behind the drum kit and you're playing what we would call in the biz the perfect kit. Rack, floor, kick, snare. Got a couple of cymbals. Is that a budget thing? Or is that like, why? how come you don't got like a double <laughs> kick drum or none, you know? I'll tell you what. So when we were first starting out, obviously, we was just us in a van. We had to load all of our gear. And so when I was uh, about 16 or 17, before I started touring, I had like an eight-piece kit. And I had a bucket and congos and all this stuff. Or congas, excuse me. And uh, we start touring and I realized, I don't want to have to carry all of this stuff. And load it in and set it all up and tear it down. So I went... As minimal as I possibly could, and then fell in love with that. So yeah, the recession happened. Sense. We had to cut out the drum set significantly. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, no budget for mics. True, I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> not every club has a freight elevator, and and lugging that shit upstairs can get I, real oh heavy. I will say, I've been looking into getting a gong. I feel like it's. <laughs> So. Yeah, yeah. Why yeah. get an extra drum? Yeah, why get an extra kick drum when you can have like a forty-inch gong behind you? <laughs> yeah, there's there's some there's something about the anticipation of going to a show, seeing a, a gong, and going, when are they going to hit that? Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh-huh. listen, Alex Van Halen gong, getting the gong and never hitting it, so they're just waiting for the moment, and it never happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like Alex Peter Van Halen, Chris. he had his gong behind him for like for every tour, and he'd hit it once at the really? end of the drum solo, and like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> worth That's it right crazy. there, you know? Oh yeah. Oh, my Lord. Listen, so, I, I want to talk about this record. I mean, you know, you got a new album coming up. We're not allowed to really talk about it yet, but you put out this new song, Skeleton, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I just want to say, did you guys plan this? Because you should totally sell this song to Peloton because you could totally change <laughs> Skeleton to, to Peloton. I'm not even joking. All the time when you're writing a song in the studio, you'll make jokes about the song you're writing. That's one of them. We're like, Peloton! Just like, imagine doing that for the whole ad campaign. Just scream yeah. Peloton at you. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, totally. I can totally hear that. Right now, get Peloton for only $9.99 a month. Peloton! Like, <laughs> they're just riding the bike as fast as they can. Yeah, it's like a skeleton <laughs> waving and riding the bike. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. On brand and everything. <laughs> but 
yeah. talk about that because it's like you know writing songs. It's it's such a weird process, you know. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you're trying to rhyme words with this and that, trying to make it catchy with the melody. I mean, you get the word skeleton, and you're trying to rhyme it with other things. I mean, how did you come up with this whole thing? Dude, it's kind of a hilarious story. So I go in with um, my friend and producer, Bruce, and he shows me this chord progression on piano. And I was like immediately drawn to that. And I was like, okay, I, let's write over this. And um, we actually zoomed in while another friend of ours, Cam Walker, who I have this like great chemistry with. And so we wanted to show Cam the chord progression, little like thing he put together, like the, the skin and bones of it, if you will. And he called it skeleton because it was the skeleton of the song and so cam just immediately went into like writer mode like okay cool so skeleton love that title we're like oh that wasn't like the title like (laughs) but what if it was (laughs) you're like no no, that's just the demo session man like exactly like we literally worked backwards from there so we were like all right skeleton so what if that were to be something first of all what i always do is if we have a title i like to check on spotify is it already a massive song because do we want to compete with it like and, and if so is it worth competing with and um, surprisingly, Skeleton is not like a massive song anywhere that I could find at that time. And um, so we're like, all right, let's do it. So we're like, well, then what could that relate to? And I was like, well, what's the most bare thing on the planet other than a skeleton? This could be about how vulnerable you are and you're just bearing everything and, and you're da- you're stripped down and you feel naked and sort so, uh, that sort uh-huh. of thing. And, and feeling like that with the person that you trust most, like your partner that you're with. And um, that was the, the basis of the song. And it kind of developed and evolved into being okay with being vulnerable. And it was actually really fun starting there because then you knew what kind of like your lyrical arsenal, what wheelhouse it had to live within because you know your overarching theme is like this skeleton. So it actually was a really fun process and kind of a challenge and ended up being one of our favorites to the point where we wanted to lead the new album cycle with it. Yeah, and believe it or not, it's pretty relatable because everybody has a skeleton in their body. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the closet. Yeah, currently inside of one. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of holding us up right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, then again, you know, you're writing about, you know, being, you know, being naked and being really, you know, wanting to be open in a relationship. I mean, it could have been about the opposite. It could have been deceased and how a relationship could have really killed you. Yeah. And that's another beautiful thing about this is I, re- I remember like when you're writing a song, it's a selfish experience. You're writing about something right. you're going through and you want to write a song that you like. And then hopefully other people like it as well. And that's just what you base it off of. Do I like it? Cool. Hopefully everybody else does. What you don't expect sometimes is how other people can interpret it to fit what they're going through. Like we had a song called Missing You off of our our old EP, Horrible Kids. And I wrote it about how just I would go on tour and miss that girlfriend that I was dating at the time and how it felt to be away for that extended amount of time. And someone came back to me and was like, man, uh, this really helped me out through uh, my boyfriend was on deployment. And I would have never imagined that scenario attaching to that. So, yeah, I'm really excited to see how people attribute this song to their personal lives and personal experiences. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, talk to me about the sound, because you're, you're a trio. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to me about where this new album that, that, that we're going to talk about eventually is going in terms of sonically, because I, I went back in your catalog, and you seem to mature or, or advance with every new album or every new video. Um, where are we doing on this one where you're just going, this is 2021, this is not 2012 or 28 or, you know. And it's you know, going into a next album cycle. I mean, obviously you want to go in with some sort of plan of where to go sonically, but if you overthink that plan, I think is when you get into trouble, it's right. like, oh, we're going to be this band. And we've done that before. And it, it just kind of puts you down this really narrow path of what you can and can't do. And you put rules on how you can write and you, you find yourself in a box. 
I feel like with our previous album, Midnight, and this one, um, we found ourselves in a situation where we're just like, let's just write wherever we're going to write. Because we're constantly growing as people, our, our interests are going to grow, how we write is going to grow. So it just kind of naturally evolves into that. But as far as what the soundscape is looking like, it's very, it's just variety. I've like, I don't know. First of all, are we allowed to cuss on here? Yeah, you, totally. you can. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Absolutely. I, I love not having any sort of restrictions and just writing whatever the fuck we want to write. <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, as you should. Yeah. And, and but like that, because before it used to feel like you have this certain amount of rules. Like if you want to write an album, you have to go into the studio first without like maybe a couple demos, and then you do drum day, and then you do guitar day, and then bass and vocals. And now it's changed so much that you just go in with like a producer. Or, I, I love doing these co-writes, and we don't have necessarily necessarily a plan. We just start writing, and if we love the song, it makes the record. And because we have changed so much over the years, we've kind of put ourselves in a position where we can do so many different styles, and that's so much fun for us especially for like live shows yeah it sounds great yeah, and of course I, drum day now is just uh, you turn on the computer and you say can you just find me a loop no oh, we drum. had a drum day we had a drum day <laughs> drum day's addictive drummer now i mean come on yeah, you're not it's you're just not... out of order now <laughs> my days are numbered <laughs> it's just you're pushing a button does that work yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey listen back in the day you had the lindrum and fairlight now you got addictive drums and uh fuck i mean even, even the, drummer, the, built, the samples and logic are even better than most drum kits these days I mean, you know <laughs> <laughs> Poor Max. Don't Max, talk, talk about that. that. Do, yeah. do you do you feel the pressure of that? You know, like, oh man, maybe we could just program my drum parts and I'll try and recreate them live. Or do you actually sit there? Are you recording the drum kit? You know, live off the so, floor. Yeah. So we record everything everything live. I think there's a lot of music in which it's it's not necessary. But uh, coming from a rock background and we are a rock band, there is an intangible that you can't get from um, from a computer playing. Um, and it's, it sounds great. And, you know, maybe some people can't tell the difference, but there's just, for example, we had skeleton, we were listening to the demo and everything was done except the drums and just hearing the difference from so noticeable. Yeah. It was night and day. Um, and it's the kind of thing you couldn't quite place why there was just an energy, just a feeling that, that, that human element that really sets it over the edge. And so. it's crazy. Like you recorded live drums, like in different studios, cause we were working with different producers as well. And for this one in particular, we had like six songs through two producers. One flew from Los Angeles to Nashville. You were coming from the UK, from, flew from the UK to Nashville, went to Blackbird Studios. And it was the coolest thing ever because we wanted to get that natural energy from the song. But I, we've never done this before. They had a reverb chamber, which was oh, like yeah. the size of a closet, like the ceiling sky high, all like very hard walls. And we put a mic in there to capture the reverb from his snare and then gated that reverb to kind of give it that sort of 80s feel. Totally, Dude, like, reverb, we, had, we love it. We had some fun with that. <laughs> Dude, I mean, look, that's old school recording. Back in the day, Bob Clearmountain working at Electric Lady, he'd, you know, run a, a PA speaker into the stairwell to get that born in the USA kind of snare tone. I, mean, I love that. Clearmountain it's the kind of stuff that really like, because obviously so many uh, producers are, are taking from the same thing, Splice and yeah. these programs. So when you're it's able to the same drum things. samples these days, it's like. Exactly. So when you're able to do something different, when you're able to kind of put in that extra effort and make it sound unique, that's the kind of thing that's going to set you yeah. apart. And you know when you're programming, I mean, you're not going to get that wash of the of the crash. You know when you're when you're riding it on the on the you know it's, right. it's it, you can't really program that and get that natural human kind of feel to it. So. We even had a moment in one of the songs where there was like 
this. We wanted the, because you know, like in the studio, you want everything to be super crisp between the silences. And yes. obviously you can choke a cymbal and, and get a good live, but we wanted it like that definitive silence. So I got to be on cymbal choke duty for one song. Nice. Just standing in there watching them play. Like we're just like bobbing heads together and just boom, once. Okay, cool. That's oh, the best. That's the that's best. Great. Do, do you yeah. bring a nail, get in there, try to yeah. choke it. I might consider changing my role in the band and just that actually. Cymbal yeah, <laughs> choker. That's also yeah, my symbol choker. Name. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It is a great symbol name. Um, yeah. Just real, real quick, you, you mentioned that you're a rock band, and I was trying to describe you to my wife yesterday. I said, "Oh, there's this new band, and they're," and I said, "They're sort of like the Backstreet Boys meets Poison." Ooh, like a, I love that. Right? Yes. I mean, they're, they're, they're oh like a God. boy band vibe with Poison's color scheme and and sort of talk dirty to me lyrically. It's like Backstreet Boys <laughs> singing Def Leppard songs. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. So, so where? What is your demographic? What is your market? Because you're look. I'm looking at the videos, and it's 21 million views, and it's 20 million views, and, and I'm like, wow. Okay, they're popular, and people love them. But what are you aiming for? Are you aiming for the teens? Are you aiming for the 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 tweens? What? what the I think that's you know, what kind of makes us us. Is we're not aiming for anybody. Like right. we're just kind of the writing twinks. what we want. And we're, uh, <laughs> we're, I realize, cause like the music that we all grew up listening right. to is just a, a melting pot of a bunch of stuff. Like, I was like what? Like, so I would listen to whatever my sister was listening to, which was usually like TLC, Usher. Then I got into like Backstreet Boys in sync. So you nailed that. Um, like that era, the Max Martin era of melody, which is my favorite yeah. type of melody that yeah. how the math behind it, the catchiness behind oh, that it. That guy's a genius. I mean, oh my God. He's well, absolutely. I mean, you even look at today. Today's the anniversary of Shania Twain's Come On Over. And you've even got vibes of that on the Midnight Record where you listen to yeah. those drums that are mixed with them great melodies. It's like, it's so melodic. It, it's 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 fun because like it's, it's between that when I got into a new metal phase, a pop punk phase, a ska phase, and just like my dad raised me on like Earth, Wind, and Fire, Tower of Power, so like horns and stuff like that. So try it's not we're not even trying to. That's funny. By the way, your publicist that. is a publicist for Tower of Power. <laughs> I know that made me so excited. By the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please give me to a show. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah I, on I, a song. I was listening to them two days ago. I still listen to them all the time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's just kind of because we were exposed to all those different sounds over the years. It just kind of sneaks its way in. And you also grew up with a classical background. Yeah, yeah I, I played. <laughs> right, I played clarinet. I started in second grade, and I actually Dude, went to I was a clarinet it. player too in high school. Dude. Yeah, Dude, I was I, the Squidward of my class. <laughs> Luckily, I was popular. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't really come with a lot of perks in school. No, not really. <laughs> hey, baby, come up. No? Okay. No? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I got to go practice. <laughs> hey, baby, you want to come over and lick my reed? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. That's terrible. Um, but, okay, and, and you mentioned you mentioned new metal. I mean, what are we talking, like Papa Roach, or are we talking, like, Well, you know? I mean, I guess I started with, like, Limp Bizkit, Corn, um, Disturbed. Um, this isn't new metal, but around that time, I really got into Tenacious D. <laughs> Nice. Wow. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey respect I, I, for the tenacious. Yeah. yeah. Wait, so, the D. What about you? Were you the same, same wheel? Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, obviously, you know, them, uh, Lincoln Park as well. Oh, there was God, just yes. people that were, there was this really cool era and, and people kind of roast it now, but they were just kind of experimenting and trying new things. Yeah. Kind of mixing rap and rock and metal and all of these different elements. And it really felt like anything was possible. Yeah, it was um, super exciting. Yeah, yeah, and I loved that time, and I think that's something that, that we, Do we like Buck Cherry too. Come on, give me, give me some. I liked, I liked, I actually <laughs> saw them live. And they were good. Catchy song. Come on, I, yeah. I just drove them around town for two days. You gotta love the Buck Cherry. Come yeah. On. yeah, I saw them with uh, with I believe it was with Avenged Sevenfold, and I was so oh, impressed. Ooh, they're alive. That's a good fucking bill. 
That was my first mosh pit was uh, Avenged Sevenfold to the song Chapter Four at Warp Tour. Nice. Know I got oh, just yeah. felt just Avenged Sevenfold. The records I just don't get, but live they're just fantastic. Unbelievable just, live. I will I will give you that they are just a great great live band. I saw yeah. them at a couple of festivals and they just dominate the stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They know exactly what they're doing. They just got such a great show. Yep. Yeah. Talk about your live show. Are you guys like, uh, I mean, how do you fill up the sound with three guys? Are you running the Pro Tools rig or like what's going oh, on? Oh, well, yeah, we got some tracks yeah. and stuff like that. And that's become, the, I won't lie, when we first started, like I was afraid to use anything like that. But it's become such a place of normalcy now yeah, that exactly. it, it's almost, you, you realize how much you can elevate by throwing in other production into your live set. Hey, like, well, um, like one, for instance, like having a built-in to the, we have a song called No Disrespect. And I saw this video online of this uh, singer, Quinn92, at Bonnaroo doing this thing where he made the crowd jump left, two, three, four, for eight counts, right. So they're literally jumping together. And I was like, that's the coolest thing. We're doing that. So like mm-hmm. I went in and I created a new like 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 where we weren't we didn't have to play it was like synthesizers and bass and like a beat and stuff to kind of just be backing so that i could tell the audience and instruct them what we're about to do yeah we didn't have that it would just be obviously we would just be playing guitar and drums but it's just it it amplifies it so much and you can like get kind of cinematic with it and raise and build tension i love that you can really get in there and create stuff and our our live show means everything to us yeah there was also a point where we had a lot of like orchestrals uh, sounds in our music and mm-hmm. wasn't very practical to tour with a whole orchestra. orchestra. Or- yeah, so. <laughs> it's expensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get them their own tour bus <laughs> and, and the freight the elevator Madonna's problem. Too. And up yeah. and down the- <laughs> that was the classical musicians that are always douches. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, no, but there's so much debate about about using what I would consider enhancement to a show, and oh, it's not a real live show. And in the '70s, rock and roll, it's like yeah, but everything fucking changes. Exactly. We live in the age of technology and things are going to change and you can either get on board or jump off and that's But fine. you can also be creative with a computer. Yes, it, exactly. It's a new instrument. It really is. You can you yes. know, have like different interludes and transitions between one song to the next. It's like you, you can have your whole show run off the click, you know, like from start to finish. Your, yeah. Your 90, your 90 minute set is completely, you know, programmed. Yeah. And, and, it, and let's not forget that when the electric guitar came out and Chuck Berry started, they said it was the devil's instrument and big band and jazz is the way to go. And how are you playing the the, the, the devil's instrument? And it's like... Mm-hmm. Really? Do it. Now it's the devil's that? Ableton. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people hate change, man. They hate change. Yeah. They do, <laughs> and it's ridiculous because change is what makes living great. Imagine exactly. having the same day every day. I mean, you know, Groundhog Day every. We, we'd kill ourselves. Yeah. Change, change and, uh, is what keeps it exciting. We need variety in our lives. Yeah. yeah. I want to talk about the last album, Midnight, just really quickly, because it was actually, believe it or not, it was one of my favorite albums that came out that year. And you guys just oh have my the last edition. You. you know what I loved about it is the fact, like, I'm a big fan of production and, like, really good sounding records. Like, I'm a Def Leppard guy. I'm a Mutt Lang guy. Like, I love those records that just sound yep. so well produced. And, you know, you listen to a song like Raise No Fool and, like, that guitar <laughs> riff and those tones. And, like, you know, you even got the, the ghost notes going, like, on the snare, like, in the groove. It's like, it's... Everything is just so well arranged and sounds really good. So I just wanted to compliment you guys on that. Thank you. And and, and where where did you guys get the idea of like, okay, because you listen to alternative music mm-hmm. and you got some bands that are all about, okay, put four mics on the drum kit, make it sound like as shitty as possible. We're two gays, <laughs> you know, we got my, my Vox AC30, you know, mic it yeah. up with 50, you know. And then you got you guys where you got like the Def Leppard kind of solid, like, you know, proper polished production sound, which I'm all about. Was yep. there a conscious decision within the band to say we need to sound 
like radio or we need to sound more punk? Like where where did you come decide to I say, think, okay, we need good sounding records? I think where it starts is just like, you know, when that, that just dream of being like on the radio and that dream of being, and you listen to, how was the best way? I Basically, there was this, like in, when I was in high school band, there was this uh, lesson my high school band director told me about how this guy came in. He goes, I'm going to tell you all my secrets and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, because no matter what, you'll never make a tour. I'm going to make it that like over crazy confidence. I know that oh. sounds crazy, but what it just means is like, if you're not working as hard as that person, yeah. you don't have a shot at make at being at their level. So like, if you're not trying to sound at the same production quality as your idols, then how are you ever going to try to stand like next to them, behind them, around them? So we've always like wanted to be where our idols have been and walk near that. And so I think that's where that kind of started. But now it's just kind of become this thing where we, we just, we, we know what we like and we try to strive for that. Melody has always been something that I, that I hold dear to my heart and just trying to surround it with the sounds that we feel will support that. Right. I, lo I love the, uh, the song, Different Songs. Does it just, for me, I was listening to it. And yeah. Like it's it's got a cool story to it, but like it, it was the whole package. Like there's something about the whole like if you didn't have that production style with that type of song, it wouldn't be as good. <laughs> like, and that's like a that's a good that's a good thing though to me. Like it's like you yeah. know we always say well, shitty production can make a really good song suck, and absolutely. you know it can really make or break it. And you know the, the records that you know the last record, and you know I guess we'll talk about this new record that's coming up. Are we gonna hear like a, a similar sound to it, or is it gonna? Oh be yeah. Like, I don't think the sound, the songs will be too similar, but the production style, absolutely. We have a lot of the same people that we worked with in the previous one are, are involved. Well, who have you, who you guys well. worked with? I know you had Brandon Paddock on, like, you know, the last record and these yeah, things. Well, it's like so the last record was uh, was mostly Mike Green, but Brandon Paddock was, was heavily involved as well. And we have both of them involved on this record. Um, the, now, on the last record, the song, um, oh, my God, I'm spacing. Uh, oh yeah, no, no disrespect. Uh, was with we wrote that with Bruce Wigner, and so he's a guy I've been writing with recently that I re really developed a strong chemistry with, and he has been absolutely killing it lately. He just got a Katy Perry cut that song "Electric," and he's just oh, like yeah. a, a guy who's been working his ass off, and he's great at production as well. So he, we introduced him more onto this album. Yeah, he did Skeleton. Yeah, he did actually. Yeah, Skeleton with Bruce and um, Cam. Oh. We worked with him many times before. Bringing back the people that we know we love working with because that's where we know we're going to succeed the best and have the most fun doing it. Is, is that pressure from the label, like your A and R guys saying, like, okay, here's a list of people you can work with. Here's how much it's going to cost. You know, pick your poison kind of thing. Or do you actually get to decide, like, oh, we want to work with you know Butch Walker or like uh, this person or? Oh, dude, no pressure at all, honestly. Like, we kind of get to pick our own team, and they're like, all right, cool. If you feel like this is what's going to create the best product, you go for that. Obviously, we'd love to work with uh, Butch Walker or Max Martin or stuff like that. But it, I'll call Butch for you. I know Butch. Hey, if he wants to, tell him we're interested. <laughs> all right, I'll give him a call. We were just yeah, to Butch like two weeks ago. He's the man. Oh, hell yeah. I love everything he's done. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, so talk about this new record. I mean, I, well, actually, you know what? By the time we air this, we'll have announced the record. So do, does the new record have a title? Yes. The, the album is called Elsewhere. Elsewhere. Okay. Tell us about Elsewhere. What can we expect? Oh, so man. this is interesting. This is the first time we've done a pseudo concept album. So, but it started in reverse. We didn't get the concept, the story, and then write songs to the story. We, we wrote the album. And then we we realized in previous songs and previous music videos that in the comments section, people start to theorize. 
what's the underlying underlying meaning and everything like that. Oh, and creepy fans. Like, God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like this is like they're creating whole stories behind these songs and we're not even giving them a reason to. So then we were like, well, what if we actually gave them a reason to? And that's where Max came in. Yeah. So, I mean, we were talking about Midnight before and that record came out in the beginning of 2019 and um, it's a very dark record. Um, and obviously 2020 rolls around and all the whole world stops. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I think everyone was forced to kind of take a look at themselves and spend some time alone. Us, in, you know, as a band, we used to be able to travel all the time. We were literally able to run away from our problems and uh, we were just stuck at home and just had some time to self-reflect whether we wanted to or not. Um, and through that time, that's where this idea of, of elsewhere came about mm-hmm. and everything was so bleak and 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 upsetting and everyone was so upset with each other that i didn't want to just put out a like i have this another dark record because there's already so much darkness but i didn't want to ignore the fact that there were things going on and so i wanted to create something a little more nuanced than that and so with elsewhere you kind of get all of these bright and colorful um images mixed with this darkness with these you know, skeletons and macabre imagery. Um, and again, like you mentioned, wanted a story to go along with that, which is kind of the experience that myself and I think a lot of other people. Are you getting a fax? I'm getting a fax. Yeah, right sorry. Now. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's from elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. They're from Morse code. They're letting yeah. us know that they're watching. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. By the way, they're doing something macabre. So, so it's going to be like Backstreet Boys meets Ghost on the next album. It's going to be terrific. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think, and that's something that's always been um, kind of a blessing and a curse with Set It Off has been uh, that a lot of people listen to us and they go, we're not really quite sure where to place you. You don't really fit into a particular box. And yeah. so for that reason, um, you know, it's kind of hard to to put you in these certain areas. And we used to look at that and get really frustrated. And then we realized that's a great thing. Why not embrace the fact that we don't fit in a box, that we are weird. Um, and this, you know what that is? That's this, this like that. false mentality or like, you know, perception for like gatekeepers, for example. Oh, you, you like Shania Twain. Well, you're not allowed to like Van Halen. Oh, mm-hmm. oh you like Katy Perry. You're not allowed to like kiss. You know, the gatekeepers, they put you into this box and they try and, you know, basically uh, pigeonhole you or sandbox you. And I think the best artists are the artists that are a culmination of all of their influences and put them all together. Well, the ones that break the rules. You too, Madonna, the Beatles, mm-hmm. they all they all buck the, buck the rules at the time. Hey, Jeremy, I'll ask you this. Since you're top 40 radio in Montreal, by the way, he's the number one DJ in Montreal, just to let you know. Hell Yes. <laughs> um, what do you do with a band like this? The the the, the single drops. It's it shows up in your in your inbox, or they drop it on your desk. And and what do you do with it? Do you play it? Do you bring it over to the rock station? What, I immediately what do you do? delete that email. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> immediately send to spam. Peloton commercial. What is this? <laughs> yeah. <respond>, nah. <laughs> Fuck that. I don't want twenty percent on my Peloton. What is this madness? No, no, but what, what do you happen? do? Because I mean, it, it really depends, you know. I mean, like you look, you listen to their music, and it's like I'm talking about them like they're not there. But, you know, you, <laughs> you listen to the music, and it's like, you know, there's so many bands. I mean, Alternative should be fully embracing you guys. I yes. mean, CHR should take a song like that. I mean, they'll play the the dumbass song High Hopes from Panic at the Disco, but but then they <laughs> they won't touch you know Skeleton. I mean, like it it's so weird. It really does True. come down to. You know the audience. I mean, at well, our station, oh, sorry, at on. our station, every song is like you know tested and you know with every. Yeah, it's like, ridiculous. It's it's crazy the process that it goes for every song that we play. 
because there's just so much competition. But it's just like yeah. that in the music biz too. I mean, it really does come down to numbers. You got your you got your record plugger going to a music director's office saying, "Hey, they got this many streams. It's blowing up. Uh, you know, number four Shazam in your area. You should be spinning this uh, kind of thing." It's yeah. Well, that's the funny thing about um, all of these. Like you mentioned, we're like, oh, we're not really sure. This sounds strange. We don't know if this is going to succeed. And then meanwhile, like in less than a week, Skeleton already has uh, half a million streams on Spotify. So it's like the, the our fan base has embraced this and they like the fact that we don't fit into a box. And so it's, it's just kind of a funny juxtaposition of like, there's all of these people who are such a massive fan. But if you didn't know that, you would go, I don't really know who's into this. And the answer is our fans. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your yeah. Spotify has half a billion streams cumulative, cumulative which wow. is like... Half a billion fucking streams. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You know? and, and at the end of the day, I mean, you know, you want to try and get as many people under the tent as possible, right? I mean, that's what we always say. Yep. I mean, if, if you're just going to focus on one, you know, market, well, then you're you're screwing yourself out of the other 90%. So, yeah. Well, you, you do alternative radio in, in Toronto, not number one yet, but you will be. <laughs> would you, would they play this? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, okay. they would be. Hell yeah. Be good enough. It, you know? Yeah. Mm. So. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see what the new record puts out. I mean, uh, if they get this, if they get the Peloton commercial, we'll have no. <laughs> that's what that's what we're waiting on. <laughs> now let me get let me get to the important questions. If you play Montreal, are me and Jeremy on the guest list? Don't just absolutely. Oh, okay, good. Absolutely. Good. All right, and the the album elsewhere. Uh, I'm sure you haven't printed the covers yet. Still time to put us in the credits, right? Uh, uh, thank yous. Oh yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. We'll, yeah. we'll make sure they have right. Sharpie on every single copy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Just on the cover, <laughs> Mitch and Jeremy. That'll yeah, be. I just want to make sure that that you know title and just write that instead. <laughs> I just want to make sure that the important stuff, the important details, are taken care of. That's all. Oh yeah, That's yeah, all. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We, okay. So we got our holographic laminates at will call. We got our platinum right. albums waiting for us in the mail. Yeah, we're, we're, oh. so, we're yeah, man, we, we're we, setting it off. Yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. It's beautiful. Oh, oh man. And well, I'm glad we did this interview because uh, as I was talking with Max on Twitter yesterday, it was proposed to us. I went and looked at all the videos. I thought this is a really fun vibe and a fun band and people need to be talking about it and people need to be uh, giving it a chance. And really, let's be honest, there's also not a lot of artists that are like fun anymore. Like you listen <laughs> to your music and it's fun. Like, yeah. you know, you listen to Billie Eilish and she's just like, uh, like, and then you know, everybody else is just. Don't you know, tell that to my daughter. She's bringing fun back, time. bringing fun back to pop rock. You know, that's, that's what we need. Yeah. My Backstreet Boys and Poison together. Look, come on. That's, that's a good combination right that, there. That needs to be how we are marketed from now on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That'll be your ad and billboard, bringing fun back to rock. Yeah. That's yeah. Also, they're just like Backstreet Boys and Poison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Backstreet Boys means poison. Quote Mitch the LaFon. Poison Boys. <laughs> Yeah, the Poison Boys. Backstreet Poison. Even better. Yep. Poison's back. All right. <laughs> Talk All right. to me. All right, uh, no, listen, no. brand new album is going to be out in 2022. Um, I guess you're going to be able to do, you're going to do the vinyl, you're going to do the uh, the cassettes, the, the CDs, everything? Or the whole nine yards. The eight track. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, everybody's been doing eight tracks. I th the weekend did eight tracks of his last album, I think. So Really? Yeah, yeah like a limited run or something. It's, it's Yeah. Weird. Listen, I grew, player? <laughs> I grew up in the time where we had an eight-track player in the car. No fucking eight-tracks. They're, they're horrible. No CD yeah. players in cars now. It's so weird. I, I, I got CD a CD player. player. I bought my car specifically because there is a CD player in it. Wow. So. Amazing. 
yeah. I have I'm a CD a... player in my car. They stuck it in the glove compartment. Of Dude, that's where mine is too. You have to open the thing and like you're driving and you're trying to reach <laughs> yeah. to get the CD out. Like <laughs> they don't want it in. They're like, just put it in the glove compartment. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. well, he's got it. You've got an Audi. I've got a, a Volkswagen. It's the same company. So somebody yeah. just, at Volkswagen just said, just fuck it in the glove compartment. Yeah, put the CD player in thine Audi. Like <laughs> somebody's room. Just make it work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just Man. don't play clutter the panel. Oh, <laughs> anyway. So what's next? This album comes out next year. You're going to be hitting the road doing some shows or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're, we got the tour, the U.S. tour in January, February. We're going back to the U.K. Europe tour, which is incredible. We were supposed to do that starting when? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was 2019. 2019, we were supposed to go see them. I had a vocal injury. Got Had to get that repaired. Yeah, we how's went, that going? I, you had like oh, a vocal hemorrhage, right? Dude, I feel better than ever. I, I seriously mean that. Like after well, What I happened got, specifically? What happened to you? Like, What were your symptoms? Uh, so what, what happened was we were playing a show in Singapore, and the, it was the last day of our long tour. And usually as a singer on that day, you're like, this is the day I can just fuck around and I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And I was wrong. So I like, I drank coffee that day. I had like a shot before we went on stage, to- totally dehydrated. I blame myself. And I went up for this high note in our song Uncontainable. And I felt not a pop, but like just a, a weird sensation. And then for the rest of that song, I was like, trying to scoop up for notes and i was i re- i started to notice the tone of my voice and was like a friend of mine that has polyps sounds just like this so the rest mm. of the set i'm just freaking out after the set i tell the guys and i'm like hey i'm really worried and they're they know me and how anxious i get and they're really good at helping me be more calm they're like don't worry man you're gonna be fine and so i felt better did karaoke one night two weeks after and still couldn't hit notes and i'm like something's wrong got mm. diagnosed with vocal hemorrhage had to go Oof. on vo- strict vocal rest for two weeks not a word by the way if we don't really understand how much we're always talking. And like when you rest a certain muscle, obviously there's atrophy. Two weeks of not talking and you talk again, you sound like an absolute baby. It's so weird. Your voice is higher. Well, I had to get uh, basically this elevated vein on one of my vocal cords lasered off. So I was like, they put me under, did that whole thing. Another like week or so vocal rest, liquid diet, work myself back, found a new vocal coach, Rachel Lawrence, who has just absolutely re- revitalized me. And, and kind of improved my range and overall comfort on tour. And I feel incredible. I can't wait to go back out, out on the road. Now, I'll wow. tell you this. I, I'm not a doctor, but I'll tell you how to fix this. Uh, just run a Pro Tool rig in the back. Don't actually sing. Dude, I'm not even joking. While I had the vocal injury, we did a tour. <laughs> oh, did and, you? And the doctor, my vocal doctor was like, just run a track. Just run a track. And I was like, I'm sorry. I can't do that. So no. we, sure we, created, we just awesome. created a set because we were doing support. So it wasn't an hour long set. It was 45 minutes where we uh, i sang three songs and then i had max come to the front and he sang a song and i played drums and then we did three songs and then we went off stage and max did a drum solo and then we did three songs and by then oh, it's 45 minutes oh, no, so we were able to do like a vocal easy set that still was a full set and yeah. we just like no the show must happen and it worked out but yeah we, they were waiting forever they had to wait for the vocal injury then we come back around we completed an australia tour <laughs> and as we're this was going to go australia we were going to do direct support for jimmy eat world in asia first time ever in asia oh, wow. wow and then we were going to then go from there to uk europe and do that tour and make it up to them well we all know what happened we were finished our australia tour we found out the asia tour got canceled because of the coronavirus and then the COVID. We there and we're like, let's just get an Airbnb in Australia and see if maybe we can make it work. Nope, got canceled. So this is the second time it got canceled. They all held on to their tickets. And now we're finally making it up to them when we go over there. Finally. God, right? Wow. And the yeah. whole time Max and Zach were like, okay, who can we get if instead of Cody? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there an app for this? How do we find? 
Find a singer. Go on Fiverr and find a new singer. You know, enough is enough. <laughs> Great band, by the way. And you sort of have the same color scheme. Do we really? <laughs> yeah. Do you know enough's enough? I actually do not. Oh, you got to go up. Uh, okay. Go look up the song My Michelle by Enough's Enough. Okay. It's got the entire pink, green. They got the whole thing going on, and you will love yeah. it. Okay. Hell yes. Okay, cool. We'll check that Classic. out. Classic 80s band. Classic well, 80s. Still touring. Look- Listen, Bringing it welcome, back. Welcome to Elsewhere Tour. Kicking off January 13th in LA at the Belasco Theater. Uh, tickets are still available for this uh, for this tour, right? Is, is it like, or is it totally they, they sold out? They go on sale on, well, I don't know when this Well, they go on sale Friday, right? Yeah, so they're out. They're out right now. Right. Set it off band.com. Let's yep, go. Absolutely. All right. Perfect, perfect stocking stuff for this holiday season. Yes. Yeah. All right, boys. <laughs> well, listen, Cody, Zach, Max, this is great to meet you guys. Uh, man, best yeah. of luck with the new record. We'll have to yeah. chat again when uh, it's it's on the on the up. And uh, yeah, this is awesome. We got you at the show. Hopefully we'll see you there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. I want to have a, a night of fun and this is fun. Hell I might yes. have to come to Irving Plaza and go check that out. You're only five hours away, so why not? Oh, please do. Oh, the please New York do. shows are crazy. You're going to have a good time. Yeah, I'm in. I'm right. in. Let's do it. All right. Thank you, boys. All right, boys. We'll see you later. Thanks so much. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for having us. Cheers. Absolutely. An all-new episode of the Mitch Lafon and Jeremy White Show. Tuesday at noon. Available wherever you stream. Catch up on past interviews. Bonus content. And episodes on demand now. Visit YouTube.com slash Jeremy White Show. Follow Mitch and Jeremy on Twitter. Yeah, they're verified. At Mitch LaFon and at Jeremy White MTL.